Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome into the Alana Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper. And let's put all the blame on Joey Wagner. We changed something up and Illinois gets a loss. 66 to 63. Joey Wagner, how do you explain yourself? Yeah, I messed up. I, uh, I made a change, really threw off the status quo, and I couldn't, couldn't get it going after I made that move. Yeah, this is a bad loss. There, there's no sugarcoating this. Maryland, without its leading scorer, Eric Ayala, had a groin injury in this one. Illinois did lose one of its players for most of the uh, second half. Trent Frazier, we'll get into that here in a little bit. But Derek Piper, uh, when you're in a Big Ten race, you know, you're probably going to have a loss at some point that's disappointing, but a one in four, one in five Maryland team, one in five in the Big Ten, probably the worst Maryland team we've seen uh, since they've been in the Big Ten. This is a disappointing loss in a game where Illinois had one field goal for about a six-minute stretch in the last seven minutes. Um, this is one that's tough, and this is one that keeps you possibly from winning a Big Ten title. You can't have more of these uh, moving on, but it's not ridiculously unexpected, right? Because they've been playing with fire and, and, and tonight they got burned and, and weren't able to make the winning plays down the stretch. Yeah, not too entirely unexpected. You thought that this might come. I don't know if you expected it against a Maryland team that's one and five in the league and without Eric Ayala, their starting point guard, leading scorer. And this one really hurts. I know it's one that Wisconsin can relate to, having taken one on their home court as well. But you it's never too early to start comparing yourself to Iowa, to Michigan, what they're doing in the league. And you're going to have your opportunities against those teams. But take this one on your home floor is pretty tough. And, uh, again, it shows some some chinks in the armor, some things that this team needs to really figure out as you go forward. And it's those lulls throughout really a lot of these last couple of games that this team has and not being able to put teams away or just being sluggish early on. And uh, they, they also didn't have an answer when Maryland – Tried to take Kofi away. Illinois played into that down the stretch, but didn't get enough from Io and, and the rest of the, the rest of the crew. Derek, I want to ask you before I get back to Joey: Is what do you? I was asking Brad after this game because this team has been inconsistent, right? There are stretches where they look like they can beat anybody, and I still think this team is has the potential to do that, but they have these lulls, and it's a veteran team. I mean, you don't expect a, a great 40 minutes every game. I don't think you're going to get the Minnesota game, and even that one they started off not too well, but. How do you explain this inconsistency? What do you think they're missing right now? It's kind of head-scratching, honestly. It's something that you don't necessarily expect from a team that has a lot of its pieces back. And, again, basketball is a game of runs, so you're going to see some times where even really good teams you know, give up a 10-0 or whatever it may be. But uh, do you want to be down – 15 early on to Penn State. You want to be down 15 at halftime to Northwestern. Those are things that really good teams are able to avoid. So uh, they're still figuring themselves out when, say, Iowa's struggling or uh, if teams are going to be able to double Kofi. Uh, I think game to game, are they getting enough from a, a – th- you know, we talked about this heading into this podcast. 
that third option. Curbelo's been that guy, and he struggled tonight. Uh, Trent, I know he gets hurt, but hasn't really been that consistent guy to be able to step up and be another commodity offensively. Adam Miller, you know, just inconsistent here, you know, elusive with his with his scoring and still makes some some costly mistakes. So yeah, some of that though, you know, being out toughed and and the effort stuff that that shouldn't happen. That shouldn't happen for an Illinois team that prides itself on being one of, if not the toughest team in the Big Ten. And and when you get out rebounded in the second half, which was the case for a while against a Maryland team that just doesn't have the size, that that stuff can't can't fly with with Illinois. Yeah, Joey, Io DeSumo did not have a very efficient night. 23 shots to get his uh, 23 points tonight. Uh, still had a run there in the second half where, where he got them the lead, uh, but they weren't able to hold on to it. And he had some plays down the stretch that weren't that great. Kofi was dominant when he got the ball. 21 points, 10 rebounds. He needs more touches. Only two shot attempts in the second half. But Derek mentioned Curbelo, one of the worst nights he's had uh, in the Big Ten. And then nothing really after that. I mean, Adam Miller, no points in the second half. Uh, and then you got zero from Trent, zero from Grandison, zero from Georgie. Uh, you got a field goal from Coleman Hawkins early, but then nothing from Demonte Williams. And we haven't even mentioned that, the two missed free throws. That might be the game. Uh, you make those, it's a completely different ending of that game. What do you think is the reason behind that or what concerns you most? Then? The concern is it's that third person. I mean, it's just not – been I really I mean we think it's been Curbelo for the first whatever I mean 10 12 games of the season but it's not always I mean we've seen Georgie be that third person we've seen DeMonte be that third person and when you don't have that that's when Io goes 9 of 23 because there's not a lot of other people who are creating their own offense and Io's if you need someone to do it you're going to give it to Io because he's done it so many times but you got to find somebody else to just take some pressure off and, and to kickstart it a little bit, and we've seen Curbelo do that, and he's been really, really good at it, but this is the seventh game in the Big Ten. Teams are adjusting to him, and that's a big thing. He's got to figure that out, and you know, we saw, I thought Adam Miller was going to be that guy early on. He started getting him going from three, and it's like, okay, this is what Brad has been talking about, but it just wasn't there, and it, it's perplexing to me that I don't know. I think it's Curbelo, but I don't know who I would say is going to be the third guy every single night, and, and that's if you're fighting for who's going to be the fourth or fifth guy, that's okay. But you need more than just, look, those are two really good players. The first two are really, really good. But if you don't really have the identity of this is going to be our guy, definitely, that's a little concerning. You were locked on to Trent Frazier for a story you're working on. Uh, when he went out, Maryland offensively went off. They made seven of their next nine field goals. Um, what did you see uh, when, when he went out or when he got back onto the court? Well, so he – Got injured. He got switched on to I got to remember who to Galen Smith. They went up for a rebound. Smith came down. Looked like it got him on that collarbone, shoulder area. And he is. I don't know if you would say he's their best defender, but I think you could say that. I mean, he's just really so much of what he does doesn't show up in steals or. But he made a lot of tough shots for Wiggins. I mean, Wiggins had a really tough night because Frazier was in his face. But then you kind of have to shift the pieces a little bit and. Wiggins and Frazier were really locked on each other there, at least Frazier on Wiggins. And now you got to kind of move everything else around a little bit. You don't have that stalwart where it's like he's never going to get screened. You don't have to switch off. You know he's the guy. And it just felt like there was a little bit of a pall. Like he goes down, and it's it's late in the first half, so I'm sure they had halftime to kind of regroup a little bit and figure it out. But then you didn't really see him. He had the air ball, and it was pretty clear after that that he's just not really able to, to do what he needs to do here. And then Brad really did offensive-defensive subs there with him in the final 45 seconds of the game, which is, would have literally been unheard of four years ago to do that. 
So I, I just think it just kind of it changed defensively just because he's such a rock and such a steadying force that this is even time. I mean, there was a play he, he you know, just read the scouting report. He leaned off his guy, got in, got a steal, and a, a couple of them. He didn't even get credit for the steals. It's just stuff like that that he, he's so rock solid on. And when you don't have that, it, it shows up, and there's some warts there. Yeah, to be honest with you, we don't know what the injury is yet. He's going to get checked out tomorrow uh, just to, to probably MRI, whatever it is, and get checked out more to see what it is. But, Derek, I immediately thought broken collarbone like because he got hit hard. He was kind of holding that area, not the shoulder, kind of holding his arm in place when they took him off. Uh, to see him come back and even come back into the game, he obviously was in some kind of pain. He obviously was affected by it. But if, if Trent is out for, for a couple games and – you got Nebraska, you got some winnable games coming up, but if he's out, how does that change this team, even if for a game or two? Yeah, it's going to be tough. I, we've, we've talked a lot about just his value defensively, the fact that he makes so few mistakes, and uh, to put more of a heavy load on Curbelo, who, if he does have a night where he's struggling, uh, and, and he hasn't had to face the just kind of defensive tasks that Frazier has had to gone through, go through, which is like, okay, you got the starting point guard really for the duration of this game, and that's something that maybe he'll have to adjust to. So it's just another guy that you don't expect to make a whole lot of mistakes. Of course, you, on a good night, expect him to make some three-point shots. So, uh, I mean, Trent's a veteran guy. He, he's, he's really important at the defensive end, and, and he's one of those guys that when I was driving or Kofi's on the, in the middle that – or, heck, if, if you want to play zone against this Illinois team, I thought Maryland would do that a little bit more. They didn't need to because they defended so well on the perimeter. Uh, but but Trent is one of those that can really space the floor and get you a bucket. I know he didn't tonight, and you could tell when he came back into the second half and he airballed his three that he just wasn't feeling right. All right, boys, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I'll ask a big-picture question to both of you. That's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, guys, Illinois 9-4. and four. They're 5-2 and two in the Big Ten. They're obviously towards the top of the, of the uh, Big Ten here, uh, though they're trailing Michigan by two losses. Michigan hasn't lost yet. Uh, and Illinois is number eight in the Kempom behind three other Big Ten teams. Iowa at number three, Wisconsin number five, Michigan at number seven. I think if we did a power rankings, Illinois would probably be four right now in the Big Ten. Uh, so, Derek, I'll ask you. I mean, I think people thought they'd be better in this record at this point, uh, at least overall, maybe have Missouri went in there, changes Maryland went out. How good is this Illinois team, do you think? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, they're, they're a top, uh, top four, obviously, in the Big Ten. Are they a team that, uh, I know the bottom line, are they as good as what we had hoped or which Final Four could win the Big Ten? This is a really tough loss to take. And that's not to say that at the end of the day, it's still going to be a, 
five or six loss team that wins or you know claims a share of the Big Ten title like it was last year, and no one was going to have to maybe put a loss on Iowa or put you know a loss on Wisconsin down the stretch uh, to really make up that ground. But you look at what Iowa was able to do. I mean, they lost at Minnesota, but I wouldn't characterize that as a bad loss. They take care of business at Rutgers. Um, they've been handling their business at home. So, uh, yeah, I think you still look at up top and you have as good of a tandem as anybody really in college basketball in Iowa and Kofi. It's, it's about the supporting pieces. It's about the consistency. And, and right now they're not there. Right now they're, they, they have too many stretches where, where they have these lulls and it's free throw shooting one night or it's uh, defensive breakdowns the next or it's just these offensive stretches where uh, they take one thing away and this team can't adjust. Uh, now I get it. We're, we're still early January and a lot to figure out, but uh, they maybe are a little bit behind uh, of what you would have expected because you look at what the, at their wins and Minnesota. Have they played within 15 of anybody on the road this year? Uh, that win is good as far as their ranking, but uh, wins against Minnesota, win at Duke, they got to beat some people and they played their schedule. But uh, this team still has a decent amount to prove, honestly. Yeah, I look at Michigan, uh, Joey, and their resume. Like, the teams they've beaten aren't all that impressive, but they've beaten them pretty handily for the most part outside of Penn State. Iowa, uh, I know they have that Minnesota loss, and they've lost to the best team in the country in Gonzaga. Uh, but outside of that Rutgers game, and that's a good Rutgers team, um, they've been blowing some teams out. Illinois hasn't done that. It feels like Illinois' margin for error is less than these teams. I think Illinois and Wisconsin actually look pretty similar at this point. They're, they're having closer games, um, and, and I feel like it's going to be a little bit smaller of a margin for error. What do you think? Like, would, how good is this Illinois team? I mean, I think all the pieces are there for them to be good, but you're trying to bring in two freshmen who are literally they're, – they're good freshmen. They've proven that. But they're in that core of these seven players, and th there's not a lot of margin for them to be off. They, it seems like they have to come in and, and really be on all the time. And, and then you come out with a loss like this to Maryland. That's not if, – if it's going to take five or, you know, five or six losses, you're still going to win the Big Ten. You would assume those five or six losses come in some sort of merry-go-round against those other top five or six teams. And you put this one in there, and th that's what causes these conversations where you say, well, I don't – I don't really know about this. I think the pieces are there. And we saw this, remember, a year ago almost, to, you know, a year and a week, they got blown out of East Lansing. It was terrible. And then they got it going, and, and you know, th this team feels like they can get it going at any time. They, they pretty much indicated that. I mean, now's a good time in a bigger picture to, to really put the foot on the gas and, and prove. They, they, they talked about that a few times. If we want to prove we're as good, you know, on defense or on offense as, every, as anybody in the country, but... When it comes time to really put the foot on the gas and prove it, we just haven't seen that in, in sustained stretches. Yeah, for me, it's like, was this finally the wake-up call? Because, you know, Missouri, to me, was, was a little bit of a wake-up call. They're better than Missouri, right? I, I think that's a, they're a better team than what Missouri is, and they let that one slip away. Rutgers on the road knew it would be tough. Uh, Baylor, no one's going to blame me for losing that game. But it felt like they took the wrong lesson from Northwestern. Like, they, they thought, hey, we can – we can come back from this deficit. To me, it was like, why do we keep getting in these deficits? And we have to have these huge comebacks. It was a fun game, don't get me wrong. But if I'm a coach, like the big lesson is, guys, look how we, good we can be when we're locked in. And it's just not a team that's locked in enough right now for me. Playing like they are, and if they continue this, probably not going to win a Big Ten title. But Brad Underwood did get this team to turn around last year. They got seven wins in a row, ended the season after a four-game losing streak with five of six. I think if you still end this stretch of 
eight games here that we've talked about, winning seven of eight, going to beat Nebraska, and then getting two tough home wins. I mean, every game in the Big Ten is going to be tough, but Ohio State's going to be tough. They have a matchup problem with EJ Liddell, uh, some good guards who can get hot, and then finishing that up against Penn State. If you get the next three, Derek, and you've gotten seven of eight, that, that's kind of what my goal was coming into this because you're probably going to have a loss you didn't expect. It's about limiting uh, those and then making up for it later on in the schedule. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to have those situations and other teams are going to experience that. Uh, I, I agree with you. It's just the fact is you want to remember the Northwestern game both because you got down by 15 in the first half but also how you played. And when you look at the upside of this team, you look at the – the stretches where they've shown you what their high gear is. It's really exciting. It's as exciting as any team in the Big Ten. And really in that context, I trust, just based on eye test, I trust Iowa more right now. And I know that's funny to say because of their defense and their lapses there, but just their weapons offensively. If we even count Garza and Kofi at a pretty much wash, Iowa's the next best player, or he's the best player maybe uh, over Kofi. But uh, their, their collective pieces – are a little bit more trustworthy, more experienced right now. Uh, we got to see it more out of Michigan against a more uh, a tougher slate. Uh, I would like, I would lean towards Kofi with Dickinson being a freshman, uh, and then you know the, their guards and everything. Wisconsin, only is more talented. Wisconsin, it's just are they as consistent as Wisconsin? And again, that's to your point. You got to be consistent. You got to win these games you're supposed to. And if you do want to be in the conversation for the Big Ten title at the end of the year, you got to beat Penn State at home. You got to beat Ohio State. And then you got to you know, square up with, with some of those tougher teams and, and get enough of them. I think sometimes we or fans around here forget the rest of the Big Ten is really good too. Like, and, and Illinois is, is as good. This is, in my opinion, this is as good as an Illinois team as we've seen since D. Brown was here, right? Um, but so are the rest of the Big Ten is really good too. Michigan can be a Final Four team. Iowa can be that. I don't know if Wisconsin would be that in an in a NCAA tournament, but they're certainly so consistent that they could win the Big Ten uh, yet again. I just have such a huge issue tonight, whether it's coaching, whether it's the guards making decisions, especially Curbelo and Io. Joe, you got to get Kofi Coburn the ball. I mean, it's such a big matchup problem. How do you not expose that? That that was Illinois is going to go look back at this game and see Kofi when he gets touches. I wonder what their offensive efficiency was because he just was unstoppable and he is the biggest X factor. And there are other good bigs in the Big Ten. Gars is the best player in the country right now. Dickinson's going to be the Big Ten freshman of the year most likely. But most teams can't match up with that, especially Maryland. And you let a game that you had such a big advantage slip away because you just didn't get in the ball enough. Well, the thing is, is you're supposed to have guys who can take away. It's like, okay, Kofi's getting this or this, and Corbello is one of the best passers we've probably seen. I'm not putting this all on him, but the, the, the argument is, okay, well, they're going to find a way to get him the ball because they're all really, really good passing guards. And, and I could make the argument, really, over the last three or four games, Kofi's been the most dominant player on the court. I mean, he's when he gets the ball, it's over. And he's now he's got some post moves, and you're seeing a little bit of that, and it's all starting to, to pull together. And I'd be curious to go back and watch, and I'm sure Brad will see it, and collectively as a coaching staff and players, they'll see that there probably were opportunities to get him the ball. It wasn't that Maryland just shut him down in its entirety and there was no way in the world to get him the ball. And maybe it'll be a growth point. It has to be because you have to find a way to continue to get him as many touches. I missed two shots all night. I mean, he was 8 of 10 from the field. That's, that's unbelievable. That's dominant. I mean, that's that's the efficiency I need to see. It's you got to find a way to get it down in there to him. And I'm sure they're going to see that. And, you know, Corbello, you know, he came out and shot some extra shots after, but he sat down at the sanction for a little bit and, and kind of 
pieced it all together. And I'm, I'm sure he probably realized there were times he could have gotten the ball down to Kofi and some of those tough shots that, you know, he missed or you know, would have just been easier to get him the ball. I mean, I don't think it's a huge issue beyond this game, but you can't let it get to that either. Another one of these, and you start to maybe wonder a little bit. Yeah, I, I think a lot of Atlanta fans saw that a loss like this could come. It's just the team you did to without their winning score is, is really, really disappointing, and they got to find a way to come back. Derek, I just didn't expect a, a team with Demonte Williams, I would assume, Trent Frazier. You know, we knew Kofi at times. The motor can come and go, but I, I didn't expect them, like the motor, the – I guess, killer instinct at times. It, it just hasn't been there quite yet. And that, that's kind of been disappointing through the season is you haven't seen that at all times. You, you know, sometimes you're going to miss shots, right? And sometimes you're not going to have a great game execution-wise, but it just feels like they're kind of their own worst enemy at times. Yeah, you're not always going to be slapped the floor level of locked in and that, you know, operating at that level of of effort and intensity and, and all of that but you got to be more consistent and you, you had to know that at least respect the fact that Maryland went to the Cole Center and when they were in the game and they were given belief that they could win that game they were dangerous and that they were going to fight and Illinois has faced a Maryland team obviously in the past there's no Jalen Smith on the floor there's no Anthony Cowan but uh, that's a team that's defended Iowa well they did it again tonight and, and made things tough and, and they've challenged you I think that it's hard to say here on the outside that they overlooked Maryland, but to hear Brad talk about they had lackluster practices following Northwestern, it goes back to your point. You should have taken from that that you're down 15 to Northwestern at halftime, and that's not a very that's not a great Northwestern team. They're, they're decent at, at very best in the Big Ten, but that's not good enough for a team that says they want to win a Big Ten title. So that's what you got to be able to do and, and, and be able to accomplish that. Yeah, like we, we say, like this is the best team since, but the expectations are even higher than that, right? And, and this team so far, uh, a little under that so far. So we'll see how they bounce back from it. Uh, though at Nebraska, the worst team in the Big Ten, you get them twice this year. This is where you steal a road win. Not that it would be stealing because you're going to be about a 12-point favorite out at Nebraska, which Fred Hoiberg, 2-23 through 25 Big Ten games so far. We knew it was going to be tough, but it's been it's been really tough for the Cornhuskers uh, so far. And Tim Miles is a pretty good coach. I'll just I'll just say that. Uh, but uh, for the Online Enquirer podcast, first time we've had the three of us all together. Uh, Joey, you got to pick it up next time, I guess. I guess this is this is all on you. If people want a scapegoat, which people certainly look for scapegoats, you're the guy, man. Look, I'll wear that if I've got to wear that. Uh, you know, I, I had some lackluster days yesterday before leading into this too. But yeah, it's fun, man. Excited to get going, but clearly I've uh, got to wear the crown of shame for the next 24 hours. You think just because the Packers got a bye week that you can just sit back and relax and take it off? Come on. Uh, any Bears thoughts, Piper? I'm so glad I had to work tonight and didn't have to watch most of that. <laughs> it's encouraged to see the report that Mitch is likely not resigning, not staying via Ian Rappaport. So, um, it's a good day for Bears. That's, that's good, but it was, it was pretty uh, pretty. Pretty ugly, pretty frustrating. Pretty uneventful. Uh, pretty bad sports day for the uh, state of Illinois. Uh, but we'll be covering it. And we'll have the latest at IlliniInquirer.com. Derek Piper's got uh, player grades. Joey's got a special piece on Trent Frazier. And, and what a day it was to focus on Trent Frazier in that game. We'll have the latest with Illini football recruiting, which, boys, is getting fun again. Uh, we got a lot of Illini football recruiting information up on the site right now. Uh, check it all out at IlliniInquirer.com. If you don't already, subscribe to the podcast. Greatest review, so we appreciate when you do that. For Joey Wagner, Derek Piper, I'm Jeremy Warner. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the On Enquirer podcast.
You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.